0: This episode of the Getting Smart podcast is part of our new Pathways campaign. What is something you used to think that you've changed your mind about? It's time for us to do that with all things learning. Previous Getting Smart campaigns have laid the groundwork of networks, place, purpose, and innovation. Our latest effort, the new Pathways campaign, will serve as a catalyst for unbundling education to allow for new learning models that are sustained by support and guidance and embedded in scalable systems. In partnership with ASA, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Stand Together, and the Walton Foundation, the New Pathways campaign will question education status quo and propose new methods of giving students a chance to experience success in what's next. Find out more at gettingsmart.com backslash New Pathways.
1: Does college still matter? Uh, about half of Americans uh, say college is, is very important, a huge drop from a decade ago. Um, this is a big question for us at, at Getting Smart as part of our new Pathways campaign. Um, I'm Tom Van Derck and you're listening to the Getting Smart podcast, uh, where we, we explore the, the future of learning. And our, our new uh, Pathways campaign has taken on this this question of uh, how to connect learners to opportunity, and we're trying to examine the role that uh, college plays, particularly in um, in creating um, efficient, supported pathways to uh, to opportunity for all young people. I think back to 20 years ago, and we we started encouraging all kids to go to college, and we saw big increases in in uh, high school graduation and in college enrollment uh, but starting 10 years ago we saw the the downside which was uh now there are about 40 million americans that have experienced college but left without a degree the, the new worst case scenario of of debt without degree um and so it, it raises this question does college still matter if so which colleges what kind of colleges and what else do we add to them? Our our guest today, Ben Woldowski, is a, a guest scholar at UVA and in a terrific new book called The Career Arts, Making the Most of College Credentials and Connections. Ben has explored these questions and, uh, and we think he's come up with some pretty great answers. Ben, it's great to have you on the podcast.
2: Well, thank you, Tom. I'm delighted to be here. How,
1: how long have you been working on uh, this book? This is a a, a kind of a, a new question. I think you, you've been studying this subject for quite a while, haven't you?
2: <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, there's sort of two ways to answer that. I mean, the book itself would really the last couple of years is the time for, you know, doing the research and the writing and a lot of interviews. You know, I'm a former journalist, so I like to talk to a lot of people and getting it getting it published. Um, but of course, you know, I've been for my almost most of my career, I've been an education journalist and then worked in various nonprofits and think tanks so I've been thinking about these issues for, you know, certainly for 20 or 30 years.
1: So let's uh, just jump straight into the the, the, the big question that your uh, book answers. Does college still matter? What, what did you decide?
2: <laughs> you know, I, I think the answer is yes, it, it does matter. I think that, you know, I have a list of sort of uh, summary pieces of advice at the end of the book. And the first one is go to college, you know, parenthesis, it's still worth it. Close the parenthesis, and I think it's really unfortunate that we have you know this kind of paradox where we have, as you said, you know a lot more people have been encouraged to go to college. We've had a very significant increase in college attendance rates out of high school. It was only about 50% of high school grads back in 1970. It got close to 70% a few years ago. Um, It's quite true, and it's a big headache and a concern that the graduation rates have not kept up. But we have gotten to the point where The cumulative level of the population with a college degree is higher than ever. Um, And yet we have this really um, unprecedented level of skepticism. And so I think we need to tell people the the reality, which is not to say that college is perfect for everyone and not to say that there are not many, many ways to improve higher ed. I I feel like there's a lot of things wrong that could be addressed, but I don't think the solution is to badmouth college and give a lot of people the wrong idea about where the best opportunities are going to lie.
1: So college still matters. And as you uh, identify in the, the first couple chapters, it matters where you go. It matters if you go with a sense of purpose and, and pick the right major and if you don't pay too much. Is that true? So go to college and be thoughtful about where you go and what you study.
2: I mean, I think yes. One thing I would say is, that in a way, one of the use, one of the useful things for me was early on in my research. I was talking to this economist, you know, pretty big deal guy at Harvard. We were walking along the the Charles River, right near the campus, and he said, I was kind of trying to dive into all these questions, and he kind of said, Hey, wait a second. Like, let's before we talk about what specifically where you go or what you major in and what has the best, you know, return on investment in economic terms. Let's just step back and talk about what do you need for your career? And I guess what I came away with, and one of the things I, I talk about in the career arts is there's a lot of evidence that people need to have this combination. And it's like they need the big picture, the broad education, which has to do with you know everything from communications to, to teamwork to understanding and synthesizing information, the things that really help you navigate many different jobs over your career, because we're all, you know, God willing, living longer, longer lives, many more jobs. So those are the broad skills. And then, of course, you have some very targeted skills, you know, whether it's you're going to be a nurse or a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or a computer programmer, there are some things that you need to pick up that are very much what employers need, like right this minute. And then there's this whole idea of social capital, which is a sort of term that's often used for building networks, ways in which you take what you've learned and you plug it into learning about job availabilities and navigating the workforce. So I say all that, and I definitely want to get to your question, but I think that in a way, before you even worry about which college you're going to or which major you're going to, I think you need to be thinking about building this collection of really important skills for your personal growth over time, and then every decision you make should help feed into that.
1: So the first line of inquiry is, do those targeted skills need to come with and perhaps be a result of work-based learning is is experience more important than ever
2: you know it's certainly hard to argue with with the value of you know sometimes it's called experiential learning people talk about learning and earning need to be brought closer together i'm a big believer in that you know based on what i've seen i i think honestly i don't know whether the Evidence-based, you know, in terms of like the the pure like economic research is really fully developed in terms of what we know. We have a lot of evidence about what's called the wage premium, how much more people earn when they have college diplomas on average than if they only have a high school diploma. I think learn and earn is still kind of evolving. There's sort of two ways people talk about it, As, as you know, probably much more about this than I do, but there is just the basic of employers who are increasingly For good reason, investing in their workers, and they're willing to. Sometimes it's called reskilling or upskilling. You know, people have jobs; they want to get a promotion, they want to get a raise, maybe they want to be ready for the next opportunity at a different company. And so, education is really important to that. And we right now we're in a very tight labor market. Employers want to make basically education a benefit. Um, There's a woman named Ardeen Williams who ran the Amazon Career Choice program for a long time, and she she called education benefits the new minimum wage. Which was a great way to put it, um, but so then that's that's one way of thinking about it, which is just your employer helping chip in some tuition dollars, hopefully upfront, rather than making you file for it afterward, which is, causes people not to use the program so much. That's one way. Of and then the other thing, and maybe this is what you're thinking of, Tom, is you know getting uh, the kind of job arrangement where you know again I'm thinking about Amazon. They some in some in some of their plans they have classrooms really close to where. The warehouse workers are working or so folks who are frontline workers really have fairly easy access because, you know, people have complicated lives. They are oftentimes they're older. They may have have families. They have kids. They have responsibilities. It's not like they have the luxury of dropping everything and going off and getting a four year uh, degree. You know, they need to integrate the learning and earning. And so some of that is there's the there's the paying for it. And there's also just making it possible within the way you structure a job.
1: In the book, you uh, you mentioned uh, Ryan Craig, a chief partners, and he's probably America's biggest fan of a, apprenticeships and different strategies for combining kind of earn and learn ladders. Are, are you as optimistic as Ryan that that's a big part of the solution?
2: Well, that's a, that's a tall bar, you know, to be as optimistic as Ryan, you know, I mean, he's really a force of nature and you know, he's got a new book himself coming out about apprenticeships and he 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 is very much a believer. I mean, I think he makes some really powerful points. Um, to you know, to the extent that we we know that there are a lot of people who are not getting good sort of options outside the traditional college route. They need better options. There are people who have the appetite for getting their hands dirty with with some kind of real work and getting some getting some money coming in. You know, right out of high school, or maybe they're they're in a working adult and they also wanna get ahead professionally and apprenticeships, you know if you can figure out how to structure it well, and Ryan is convinced that you can, those can be a great pathway. We, we, of course, know about the famous German and Swiss apprenticeship systems. There are other countries that have done a lot more with this than we have. I guess what I would say is, I think it's a great option. I am less convinced that it's going to be such a scalable solution in this country. And I also, you know, just have a respectful, maybe maybe somewhat difference of opinion. You know, I I, I quote, I interviewed Ryan for my book and I quote him in my book, but I I don't think that you need to um, be excessively negative about the shortcomings of college in order to make the case for apprenticeships. I think this is a great example of where we need a both and where there's no reason you can't go to college. And in places like the UK, they've been doing this. There are degree apprenticeships where you can get a degree and do an apprenticeship without seeing them as totally separate pathways. I think we really suffer from this, you know, sometimes it's called the philosopher versus the welder. You know, this idea that you're either going off to college and it's some ivory tower and you're sitting around a seminar table, you know, studying Plato, or you're out there in the real world doing real work. And of course, I'm nothing against Plato or philosophy and I love the liberal arts. But that just isn't the reality of college for lots of people. You know, a lot of people are going to college. There are many working adult students that are already working. People who are in college are doing everything from studying business to studying nursing to studying teaching. Lots of stuff that is very far from the ivory tower. So this just goes back to how you make the case for apprenticeships. I would prefer that we make the case for it as a really important addition to our our toolbox as opposed to saying colleges failed therefore we need apprenticeships.
1: We're, we're talking to Ben Wildavsky, he's the author of a great new book called The Career Arts. And you identified eight of these career arts. It's such an interesting title. What, what are uh, The Career Arts? Where, where'd that title come from?
2: I had a wonderful editor who really gets, I, I, I thank him lavishly in the, in, in the acknowledgements, Peter Dougherty, who was the head of Princeton University Press for many years, uh, he's now retired, but I, I got in sort of under the wire and worked with him on this book. And I think that what he had in mind was the liberal arts, which, of course, is this very traditional notion, sometimes misunderstood or even even, even maligned. Some people don't like them. It goes back to the mid- Middle Ages, and there was something called the trivium and the quadrivium, and there were certain very core subjects like logic that everybody was supposed to study. The idea with the career arts is to sort of Fast forward um, and to really say, what are the, the, not so much the specific kinds of knowledge, the sets of knowledge, but, you know, what are the different kinds of practices that are going to help you get ahead no matter which path you go down specifically? So, you know, there is the idea that you should go to college like we talked about. There is the finding the best kind of college and program because, of course, it isn't one size fits all. You know, community college isn't the same as big open uh, access state schools. And then there's, you know, big state flagships. And there's all the privates, some of which are super elite and some of which are extremely accessible. And there's religious colleges. There's just a lot of options. And of course, you know, I talk about the the need to complete college, which is maybe a big duh. But this is one of the, as you said at the beginning, this is a huge challenge for us, which is we have a lot of people who have this real problem with the worst of both worlds, you know, debt with no degree um that's just a big problem because people they're not actually they're not actually often big big amounts of debt you know contrary to the headlines it's not that people have three hundred thousand dollars of debt but people who are defaulting on student loan debt sometimes it might be five or ten thousand dollars but they never got the degree and the abilities which would allow them to command higher earnings so Basically, you know, you really, there's a lot we could be doing to try to complete college. And then just to sort of quickly mention some of the others, you know, I also, of course, recognize a lot of people for all kinds of reasons, college isn't what they want or it's not not the right thing for them, particularly when they're 18 years old out of college. So there are lots of non-degree options. But I think if you are pursuing that, one of the career arts is that you've got to be really purposeful about building education in, in broad terms, building your skills, and building your networks, whether you get that in kind of a one-stop shopping package by going to college, or whether you piece it together by not going to college, whether it's an internship, or you're just working, you're taking a few classes on the side, you're getting to know people who can who can vouch for you as you try to find new opportunities, that's super important. You know, and I think, you know, as I said before, we, one of the career arts is thinking that you're looking for a both-and combination of the broad... Abilities and the targeted skills, not this sort of false idea of either or.
1: Let's talk about social capital. Like like uh, our friend Julia Fisher, you you've concluded that that matters a lot. How do how do young people get it? Where does it come from? What kind of experiences are you suggesting people need?
2: Well, you know, it is you know Julia Freeland Fisher is is really um, I use the I use the term force of nature for Ryan Craig, but it certainly applies to her as well. She's a very very knowledgeable and energetic uh, woman who has written a book about this and was very helpful to me in my own research. Um, You know, I sometimes think of it's maybe a kind of a, a corny phrase, but I think of social capital as the third leg of the stool. And I think about if that goes back to this idea that broad education is super important, targeted skills based on the demands of the job market and what you're interested in are really important. But basically, those things are necessary, but not sufficient to have a really great career because you need to find out about what opportunities are there. You need to know people and you have to have people who know you to say that you did a good job during your internship or you did a good job during your summer job and that you are worth you know, putting some trust in. So social capital is really about all of those relationships and networks. And you know, it goes back to, without going too deep on the history, there's a really classic study It was 50 years ago by um, a guy, a sociologist named Mark Ranavetter, and it was called The Strength of Weak Ties. And it's like one of the most cited articles ever in social science. And really, he just talked to people about how they found jobs. And the key takeaway was that people aren't finding jobs necessarily through their best friends or through their very, very close inner circle. A lot of times it's like one step beyond that that's why he calls them weak ties. You know, the person maybe you know from your neighborhood, from church, or you know them from because you you see each other at the at the corner store. A lot of times people find out information that way. And then if you fast forward just last year, LinkedIn, which of course has millions and millions of these records of how people use this feature on LinkedIn, it's called people you may know. Essentially, they crunched all these numbers. They published a great study in Science magazine, and they essentially verified this sociologist theory, which is a lot of people were getting jobs through people who they were like a friend of a friend. You know, they were not their their inner circle. So to, to go back to where we started, what, what can you do? You know, there are some really great nonprofits like Raven, like Co-op Careers. There's one called Climb Higher in the San Francisco Bay Area that works with people who don't have college degrees typically. And essentially, some of this is about the basics of, you know, learning to tell your own story, developing some peers and recognizing the importance of your peers. So, you know, there's even one guy who runs one of these groups, Kalani Kiefer is his name, and he has people look around the room and he says, like, each one of these people next to you in this room is, is worth, I forget what he says, five or $10,000. It's a lot of money because they can help you get ahead, but you don't know which one it is. So you just need to build relationships with a lot of people recognizing that over time, you know, this is going to form part of your professional network. I think that what some colleges have done, which I really would like to see more of, is doing things like, um, I mean, there's a course in mentorships. There's, there's, um, you know, trying to encourage alumni to offer internships and so forth. But even something like telling people, like, here's where our graduates who have studied all these liberal arts majors, here's the kind of jobs they've gotten to. And here's the steps that it took to get them there. So there's a place in, in San Diego called Point Loma Nazarene, small um, religious institution. They have a lot of first-generation students. And so the students, and especially the parents, you know, are a little bit like, well, so, okay, what am I going to get with a liberal arts degree from this small you know, college? But one of the things they've tried to do is to say, hey, San Diego is the home to this massive, thriving biotech industry. So maybe if you study some kind of a classic science like biology, some of our graduates have ended up going into the biotech firms with those degrees. And so it's a way of saying you don't have to have everybody do some intensely vocational field of study. I mean, not they can do some of the traditional academic studies, but you need social capital helps you draw the connections between the classroom and the real world of the kinds of jobs people get.
1: Ben, we're wrapping up a, a white paper on uh, support and guidance in high schools. I, I'd like I'd love to know um, your advice on w- what kind of career exploration experiences you think young people should have, and then what kind of post secondary planning should be in place. So maybe you could walk us through what you think an ideal experience would be from from ninth to twelfth that. Would, would create this awareness of career opportunities and uh, and what the sort of college selection process uh, ought to be?
2: There's a lot of different kinds of students out there. There's some very practical things like their parents want them close to home or they, they're going to go to community college because it's, it's nearby and it's affordable. But I do think, again, I think that it's very useful not to get too hung up on Am I going to be you know, going to college to be prepared for the job openings that I'm reading about like right now in, in my community? There are the jobs that will be open like next month or next year. I think that some of those very basics uh, about learning to be a great writer, learning to, to read a lot of stuff with some sophistication and to analyze, le- learning to work with other people, and then figuring out how can you explore different subjects, whether you're a scientist or a computer scientist or you're interested in architecture or nursing. I think that that is an opportunity you can you can have at college. And I think people should just be thinking about this as a long game and not be too preoccupied with what are you going to do with this question? Uh,
1: Ben, um, you, you touched on this earlier, but one one of the really critical career arts is complete college. I don't want to gloss over how important that is. Are are there things that you'd like to see colleges do more of or college goers do? How how can we improve college completion rates?
2: So again, I feel like I'm scratching the surface of this, but I think if you're trying to get graduation rates up, people need know that somebody who is on campus who, who cares about them and who's going to help give them some good guidance. And I think we need to think about things like, credit transfer, um, giving people a sense of here's what you're going to need to do in terms of prerequisites to get into a certain major, and just communicating that as, as clearly as you can. I think that there's a certain amount of you know um, people who go off course just because the information has not been provided to them in a really accessible way.
1: We've been talking to Ben Woldavsky, he's the author of a great new book called The Career Arts, Making the Most of College Credentials and Connections. Uh, And that's a pretty good headline for uh, my my takeaways from the book, that college still matters. It's important that you pick a a college that's a good fit for you um, and that you focus. Ben's big argument here, I think, has been that uh, broad education is still important. I would argue with the, the rise of generative AI, it might be more important than ever. And it should be combined with targeted skills um, that depth in a particular content area uh, combined with uh, breadth is sort of the new equation. Uh, ben, I've called this the super T professional of uh, breadth with uh, combining it with depth and that I think generative AI is rewarding that, uh, that super T uh, professional. Um, Ben's big advice has been um, finish college and uh, and build some social capital while you're there what what would you add to that in terms of the big takeaways ben
2: i think you know one way to think about this and this is really is true whether you're going to go to college or whether you're not is to think about skills as um you know the some of the more targeted skills as having a certain shelf life that it's not a bad thing it's just natural you know you learn i mean back in the day you know when i was in college you know The dark ages, you know, I did a little tiny bit of computer programming just as an intro class. But, you know, the languages, even three years, five years later, they would have been totally different. And that's normal. But this kind of, in some ways, goes back to your earlier point about learning and earning together. If we make it possible for people to sort of refresh their skills, again, people use the term reskilling or upskilling sometimes. That's one way to think about the targeted stuff. Which is just go into these longer lives we're living. You know, my old colleague Michelle Weiss has this book called Long Life Learning. You know, where people are going to have longer lives and multiple career and job transitions. Think about the the broad stuff is what's going to help you navigate, but the targeted stuff is the stuff where you're going to have to recharge. And that's I think increasingly. Um, if employers make that possible, I think that's going to be a win-win because it's going to help people have better skills to get ahead in the job market, and it's going to mean employers are going to have people who you know who can do what they need.
1: Thank you, Ben. Um, check out Ben's new book, *The Career Arts: uh, Making the Most of College Credentials and Connections*. It's terrific, um, good book for parents. Um, it's it's short, concise, it's useful. I, I, high school juniors and seniors would. Get a lot out of it. Um, a must read for Ed leaders. Sort of thinking about they're updating their approach to college and college guidance. I think um, policymakers would find this uh, a, a useful book. Um, ben, thanks for your work and thanks for joining us.
2: Well, Tom, it's been a great conversation, very wide ranging. As I as I knew it would be coming from you, so thank you very much. Thanks to our producer, Mason
1: Pasha, and the whole Getting Smart team for making this possible. Thanks to the sponsors of our new Pathways campaign that uh, allow us to dive into these uh, topics every week. And uh, until next week, keep leading, keep learning, keep innovating for equity.
0: Thank you for listening to the Getting Smart podcast. The New Pathways campaign serves as a catalyst for unbundling education to allow for new learning models that are sustained by support and guidance and embedded in scalable systems. The New Pathways campaign will showcase how learners can shine as difference makers and learning curators when opportunities are intentional, equitable, and personalized. Find out more about New Pathways at gettingsmart.com backslash New Pathways. Thanks to ASA. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Stand Together, and the Walton Foundation for their support in this campaign.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me mason at gettingsmart.com and if you like what you're hearing don't forget to leave a review in apple podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag gspodcasts thanks so much